That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Cool, 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 cool. You're listening to Music Well. Here we are again, episode three of the show Music Well, where we think deeply about and through music. It is February 16th. Something. 2019, a couple of days after Valentine's Day. I'm Stephen Sysom, this is... Vas Todorico, and you're listening to our very third episode. <laughs> That's right. So, we just had Valentine's Day. You had this idea for a show. Yeah, I was inspired by the idea of, I mean, obviously, love. And so we're going to explore two, three songs, correct? Three songs. Yeah. Two of them I've selected, and one of them Stephen has selected. And, um, yeah, just um, have a listen and um, we'll talk about the songs after listening through each one. Yeah, see if you can pick up the theme, perhaps, based on the lyrics. It'll be a surprise. It'll be exploration together. So this first song is by... The Temper Trap, and it's called I'm Gonna Wait. One of my favorite songs by them.
Yes. All right, so Real that was nice. uh, the Temper Traps. I'm gonna wait. You know, it's funny. I was listening to it and I was thinking, the Temper Trap has so many more. Um, what would you say? Memorable or known songs, even some of them having to do with love. So mm-hmm. why the heck did I pick this song? Like they have this one song called "Love Lost," and it goes, "Our love was lost, but now we found it." And then, so I thought, huh, why did I pick this song? Um, I think it speaks on a more nuanced level, right? So "Love Lost" and "Now We Found It," kind of a black or white situation. This song is a little bit more complicated. And if you know anything about me, I prefer a bit more complex stuff. I think um, you are a deep thinker. Yeah, and I think people are aren't one dimensional. Relationships aren't one dimensional. It's never just one thing that is the um, that's going on. Like what's at face value? Um, it's or at least it's rarely that, right? And if it is, it's kind of a cartoon or a caricature. So you have to kind of like. I don't know, step into the thorn bush and, and <laughs> like walk through that, uh, the thorns, like, uh, like the prince in Sleeping Beauty. Like he, he like enters the kingdom through this like pathway of thorns to discover what's at the center of it all. Right. Um, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way before. Which, yeah, there's another story of love and all that. It's certainly a metaphor for that. Um, uh, yeah. So let's get into the, some of what I see in this song. Yep. I think this is a song about holding on to a love that's not that's, that's unrequited. And it's even in the first lines it's about a ghost. Uh way down in not so distant place your ghost is lingering. Your ghost is lingering, right? In a not so deep distant place and way down in a not so distant place. Um often in the psychodynamic psychological world of um like dream interpretation for example. Um, water, the depths, the oceans, uh, a well, um, anything, I don't know why, but circular, is often associated with um, sort of chaos, uh, tumult- uh, unconscious material, unconscious, because unconscious is often chaotic, right? And so it's the birthing place of unknown chaotic elements in your life. In the world, uh, in the ancient world, the water and the depths were the place where where the uh, place of hell, Hades, death, um, right, monsters, demons thrive there, right. Uh, and it's true in the modern sense where you have the unconscious. Uh, it's in the place where it isn't necessarily life, but also death occurring in the cycle. So there's a there's a cycle of life and death. That's where the circular. Uh, shape comes into play. Yes. And why is he saying way down in a not so distant place? In a distant so is, he's place. close to this experience. He feels like it's Im- imminent. Right. It very well well may be, and, and maybe it's just my interpretation of um, unconscious material becoming more conscious. So, you know, often the unconscious is like we don't know what it's saying. Like we don't know what our dreams mean. Right. We don't know what that. Like why the heck did I have that? Like it doesn't make any sense. And I think for a lot of, it's a large part of why we forget about dreams. It's because they're so intense and they don't make sense to us. They're not logical. They don't flow well. There's no like, um, there's no sense of uh, boundaries being very clear in them, right? One mo- moment you're talking to your brother and the brother becomes like a dolphin. <laughs> and, and, and in the dream, you feel like that's a normal progression. You don't think twice about the differences there. You're just like, oh yeah, like obviously now my brother is a dolphin. <laughs> right and so uh that can get like really disconcerting and um cons- concerning to people and so and fearful right so the chaos and the unknown is very fearful place for human beings um it's probably one of the deepest fears we know of and depths way down in the distant in a not so distant or a distant place right um it's why we keep it distant at least right and for him this distant material is coming up so that's how I would interpret it. And he says in the next line, there's a, a distant haunting bell, which is interesting that he brings back distant, right? Um, I think there's it's a spiritual element um, to his love. 
As he returns to this thing that is no more, this relationship that is no more, he's resounding a haunting slash unpleasant bell. It's a sort of curse. This relationship for him is a curse, or it's the fact that it seems like it ended, and now he has this um, this unpleasant experience. This um, return of something that was gone and no more. This, uh, like, in his mind, at least, is coming back up. Uh, so he's, he's hitting the playback... It could be, yeah. Uh, for what? For the love that they had. And I think these are both good questions to ask, um, right? It, it's I don't know if it's necessarily like the answer, but that we're like we're not seeking the answer. It's more like how are you responding to that to the to what you're seeing here? That that's more important. What you're see what you're seeing is more important than quote unquote the capital A answer because that says what your what ma- unconscious material you're working with right um just like my interpretation of this is just the unconscious ma- conscious material that i'm working with right there's a part of me that goes into interpreting this mm-hmm. in some way and i wonder what he was thinking as he was writing this too even what like what his experience was that he was tapping into to put this you know in that creative process of writing lyrics of even writing the musical part we there is a lot of undeveloped form to what we're experiencing. And it's in that creative process of putting words to those feelings or putting notes to that sentiment where we then actually define what it is we're feeling, whatever stage we are in, um, in this, in this journey that we have. So even for him coming up with these metaphors, the haunting bell still frames, uh, the reflections in the well, that's how he is now categorizing his experience. And that I see for us an encouragement to somehow learn how to tap into what it is we're feeling and then uh, justify that or do justice to those feelings by actually um, putting them into something concrete, like a song or a picture or uh, something creative for if we're creative. If not, even just getting into a conversation about it with our trusted uh, loved ones. I wanted to say before before we move on further into the song, it's a there's already like it starts off on a sort of chaotic right element, uh, the unconscious, the depths, whatever, what have you, something haunting. Uh, it's this unknown. But what you'll find in the song structurally, like even if you look at them, uh, how the instruments and are composed, arranged, um, there's a lot of groundedness to the song. So two elements that I want you like listen to the drums what they're playing and listen to the string section there's strings it's throughout most of the song uh once second the second verse starts yeah there it is what i'm saying with that is there are these very grounding elements in the song uh-huh. even the refrain in the middle i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i wanna there's this constant uh, refrain within the person's processing of what's going on. Yeah, the repetition helps us, right? It, it helps ground us. Yeah, it does help us. You need both when you're exploring the unconscious, the, the chaotic elements of your life. You need to bring yourself back. I think uh, so many people think that, like, oh, it's just you know, you go into the depths, you go into the, the dream interpretation, you whatever, you like do some soul searching, whatever you want to call it. But if you're stuck in that f- mode of being for too long. Uh, it actually brings more chaos and more anxiety into your world. You need to... The the, the goal is to hopefully find some reconciliation, right? Some in- integration of these disparate parts of your self. And so what you do then is you explore a bit, kind of like how you would a hobby, for example. And then you pull back. You put yourself into your work. You do your routines. You talk with friends. You have dinner. You have breakfast, lunch, right? There's these things in your element, in your uh, elements in your life that you then also need to bring in to ground yourself again, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not just you're not just this spiritual being uh, with a soul and a spirit, you know, reflecting on these chaotic elements of your life that you don't understand. You are also a physical being with everyday practical needs. Yeah, and I think this time of year, the Valentines and having having this greater romance and love conversation and ethos swirling around us, it brings up a lot of that 
for myself, yeah. you know, for other friends, for people I've been speaking it to. It certainly brings in more chaos into your life. Yeah. Right now. You, you know, oh, am I in a relationship? Oh, yes. Okay. So what's that relationship like? Is it going well? Is it going poorly? Um, even just to ask those questions. But then if I'm not in a relationship, oh, why am I not in a relationship? Or what can I work on? Uh, who's in my life that I could potentially pursue? Yeah, it's this. It's a self-reflection, and like he says, reflections in a well is, mm-hmm. is kind of what he's going through in this state of his relationship. So I like that it's a reflection, right? Uh, it's that's exactly it, right? When you look into your sub in your unconscious material, you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like when Simba goes into um, the Lion King, and he goes into that dark place where Rafiki leads him, and there's this like kind of like jungly chase thing going on. In the in at the night in the nighttime, and he's like he's encounters this pool, and he's like, "What what is this?" And they ask, and he asks, um, and he says, "Go look." And you see, he's like, "That's just me, right?" And he looks harder, look harder, he says, and he sees a reflection of Mufasa, his father, right? So there's a there's a sort of depth there that um, that reflects parts of yourself that you didn't know were there. Yikes heavy mm-hmm. that's good yeah it needs to happen it needed to happen for him i think it needs to happen for us too i think this is a real honest look at yourself what's going on in the second verse here <clears throat> so the second verse a little bit more spiritual imagery helpless prayers uh heaven nor heaven change the mind i don't think the i think the word there is heaven not ever uh left to our own device we set this bridge alight one day you may not know it yet this you won't forget. I was the one who came running back again. I think there's more spiritual imagery here. There's a sort of helplessness before God or your higher power. Your helplessness in prayers cannot hurry heaven's mind, can't change heaven's timetable. Uh, maybe patience is key to get over, getting over his relationship, right? That he's coming that he's calling to in this first verse. The the love unrequited. Un, unrequited? Unrequited? Unrequited. Unrequited. If it were up to us, we would burn more bridges than we'd build. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, left to our own device. Left to our own device. We right? set th- this bridge alight. Alight. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Okay, what does that mean to have your own devices versus it sounds like he's referring to some other devices which would be helpful. So Right. Left to our own device, right? Or if it, if he if the wording there is wrong device, is it just that when we 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 leave ourselves what's the word? Unexamined. Which Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Sure. Yeah. That that's it, right? And so when we do when we don't examine our lives, are we burning bridges whether we know it or not? Are there b- bridges that we leave behind us burnt? Oh man, I'll tell you, yes. Is there a scorched earth behind us, 100%, right? 100%, yes. How many I can give you some examples here. Yeah. If we wanted to, but yeah, it's it's hazardous. It's really hazardous to ourselves and to others if we're not examining and asking questions. So how can we, what are some questions or how do we learn to ask questions about us to examine what's going on in this chaos if you have a breakup in a relationship or if you're in a relationship, you know, how do you examine that and do that honestly? I think it's, I mean, back to the uh, Lion King example. It's when Simba looks in the pool and and Rafiki says, and he says, it's nothing, it's just me. Right? He's dismissing himself. Already, like off the bat, he sees himself and is like, eh, whatever. It's just me. And Rafiki says, look harder. Look harder. Don't just stop at your own reflection. Look harder. I think that's, that's the big thing. Don't be afraid to look at yourself. Because often what you'll find is that there are already elements that you kind of like somewhere in the back of your head knew were there. Like... The influence of your father, for example. For Simba, it was his father. That's not necessarily a scary thing. Like, you know what the heck your father was all about, for a large part of your, you know, what you understand. So it's not like that's necessarily scary, but it's scary that we maybe didn't know we'd been holding on to that. 
I think that's what it is. And you brought up the word patience earlier. I think that's what it is. Uh, that's one thing that's helpful too, is having patience with ourself and slowing down to be able to do this self-evaluation and also uh, patience to not rush to conclusions or to avoid feelings, especially when feelings are unpleasant. encapsulate this song then here let's summarize so far i think he's torn i think there's two-sidedness to that he's torn between like i think he, he hasn't quite decided what he wants to do and he might i think he might be deciding i'm, I'm just gonna keep waiting it seems that way it based seems on the way, way it ends yeah yeah that there's a there's a well i'm probably gonna still hold on to this thing so i think he's still holding on to something that's unrequited yeah, and that could come from a healthy place. It Definitely, could. it's. I think by default that'll come from an unhealthy place. Hey, we broke up, but I still think we're gonna get back together if, if things change. You know, if I change myself, I'll be here waiting. I'll just hang out long enough. Right. Instead of acknowledging the reality that maybe this relationship needed to end, and I need to move on, um, and through that process I grow, I face my emotions. I reflect on myself, what my contributions were to why this partnership didn't work out. And then after that healthy process, which I would also uh, recommend counseling for, you know, professional counseling, um, after that process happens, you can still, you know, appreciate what went well in that relationship. And who knows? You never know. Two people might reconcile on the right terms and it might be a better union after all that process painful process but uh, so that would be coming from a healthy place to wait um, the unhealthy place would be oh you know w we were so good together and you know we can kind of forget about our issues well, well we'll we'll be better I promise and making empty promises and that without the self-reflection that really is only going to result in the same outcome so there, I, I would also like to point out that there's an element of time so far in the song Time is not a luxury. Time is, no, is not a luxury necessarily, right? We don't have the luxury of, well, I could put things off. In fact, if anything, we, we sacrifice our present for our future all the time. And I think that's what the author here is doing. He's sacrificing present realities for potential future something that he is hoping for holding out hope for but he even admits like as he does some soul soul searching um helpless prayers can't speed the time nor heaven change their mind right there's there's some part of him that already knows this might be in vain and he might be holding out for something that's ultimately i suppose a waste of his time if you want to put in those words so, yeah, that's so something he, that stood out to me. He gives that perspective. We have our second song by now Neo Jessica Joshua. She's from the, the UK. Okay. Yeah. So she's also experiencing something of a relationship here, some aspect of a relationship, 
But her perspective is a little bit different. Let's see if we can pick up on what that's all about. It's just you, it's just me. I lost you in dreams, now I'm falling. Please don't catch, let me break into pieces of a still I'm sorry. Okay, there's a different perspective. Yeah. All right, and we want to give a little bit of a teaser here as to the different approaches to this phase of a relationship. So Temper Trap song is about holding on, waiting too much. Doing this prolongs grief. Does not allow you to move on. Introspection. Helps for growth. Yeah. Yes. Now's song, and that's spelled N-A-O, her song Orbit. She's looking at this from a different angle, which is... The summary is that um, when you lean into the process of letting go, you move on to something wonderful. You have the potential, the possibility to move on to something wonderful. I like that. You open up worlds. You don't carry baggage into the next relationship. You open up worlds. You don't stay in orbit anymore. Yeah. Hence the title. Yeah. So, so she's saying that there's still love available to me. 
in, in a relationship. Don't listen to fear. Listen to love. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. This song um, starts off again where love and dreams meet. Please don't catch. Let me break. Um, in our notes that we wrote about this, uh, we were talking about how, like, is this the opposite person? Is she the opposite person in this compared to the other song? So it's compared to the previous song. Yeah, so by contrast. Right. Okay. So is she like a different person here going through a similar process, but in a, in a different way? So sort of May, moving through it differently. Hypothetically, Temper Trap song could be one counterpart to in, in this relationship, and she now is the other person in this yeah, relationship, very if we well. want to think about it. Two perspectives looking at the same relationship. Right. So if that's the case, for example, the relationship is over, and him waiting for her doesn't let her grieve either. Yeah. And how does that show up practically? Sending texts, how you doing, following each other on social. What you doing tonight. Yeah. Trying to go where you're, you know, same circle of friends, trying to bump into each other accidentally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Sounds awfully specific, Stephen. <laughs> That's never happened to me. Never. No, never. no, have I done that or recommended <laughs> that to anybody. But, you know, and I think this is the reason why we, um, in a lot of breakups, we hate our exes. I think it's easier for us to let them go through hate than it is to let them go through love. Um, it's easier to hate than to love. If I can hate from afar, I don't have to think about them as much as if I love them from afar. They sort of take up less space in your life. In the hate. If so if we hate them, it's easy to relegate them to some other small corner as opposed to when we feel those loving feelings that it, it's all consuming yeah and we're really distracted yeah weirdly we it, it hurts less right yeah so i wonder if though like infinite you know if you will look at it from a healthy perspective is breaking breaking ties breaking off like ending things having a closure thing is that the healthy version of this process right I think there's different schools of thought on that. One approach is the rip the bandaid off all in one fell swoop <clears throat> approach. You cut off all communication. You divvy up whatever shared things you had you, or you move out and you have complete silence from each other. That's kind of, that's really intense. Yeah. Um, I have seen that be really helpful for me in some situations right. um, because then after all that, it, it forces you to really go into the whole weight the of the breakup. Of yeah, as opposed to kind of piecemealing over time. And I know somebody who was going through this recently, They in their relationship, they were dragging it on yeah. as it is. Yeah, and I feel like that's what the... I, I love her title of the song, Orbit, right? It's when you, when you do something like that and you drag it on, you release someone into orbit, but they never really get to stand on their own two feet when that's the case. They're just sort of free-floating in space. It's not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's not a way to live. It's a way to see. It's a way to like get stuck in your head and to see things from a larger perspective. But at what cost, right? You're not living life down on Earth in the real, in the mud and dirt or whatever of everyday life. Uh, yeah, I think she's describing how it feels to be released out of a relationship. Is that you're you're off in space. You don't have a grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, she still hang, hangs on to some hope. Uh, still, I found a way to navigate to you. Still, I found a way to gravitate to you. I wonder if she's talking about the same person that she just broke up with, or if I wonder it's the if next it's a person. new person, or if it's her higher power or something. Mm-hmm. I doubt it's her higher power. Doesn't seem like that's what the <laughs> yeah sounds like. It's an actual person that she's in- interacting with, but yeah, it's a thought. But it's still it's still something optimistic. Yeah, in the midst of this really raw feeling, the emotions. And so I think what's important here is like. It's important to realize what was difficult for you in a relationship. Take stock of what wasn't working so that you can soar again. You can climb out of the depths that out of the depths of that relationship. Uh, and the depths have to be there for the heights to matter. Agreed. Mhm. Does that concept there the depths have to be there for the heights to matter that show up with the I'm going to wait song? Hmm. Is he recognizing that the depths are there? I'm looking at some of the lyrics here. I feel like he's just going into the depths. 
floodgates open and I'm left drowning. Yeah, sounds like he's in the it's depths. More water, more yeah. water imagery, more depths, more chaos, yeah. more unknown elements, mm-hmm. more fear. I think it's more fear. Uh, yeah. And her exactly. song, I, I would say now song isn't about fear. It's about her being present with what she's going through in the in the wake of a of a breakup or a heartache, right? And listening to what she's going through. There's a sort of intuitive sense to her lyric writing and her experience here. You can tell she's got some emotional awareness and some good vocabulary on what she's feeling. Yeah, and she even admits that she has fear, right? Uh it's it's fear settles in, right? When you are reminded of your past lover. It's a it's a fear and love dichotomy because you fear the same outcome of this when in this new relationship. Um, and you fear that like this new person will outgrow you just like that last relationship outgrew you, which is what she's saying in the lyrics. You remind me of a love I once knew, kind of sad. You remind me of a love who outgrew me too. Yeah, so there's a reminder there. There's always going to be that, I feel like, in a relationship. Like there's going to be tinges of that, oh, that that feeling. That feeling is there. But this is a different person. Right, which is what's crazy. Like, they're allowed to. They, you have to allow them to be themselves and a new person. But we can carry our feelings and our baggage from previous kind of crappy experiences. And it seems like for her, the reminding is troublesome to her. Yeah. Ego dystonic, right? That's some uh, fancy word. Ego syntonic and ego dystonic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The reminding gets in her way. Yeah. It's and when that happens, when we get a a flash of the past but in the present there's for me that signals that there's still some working out to do of the emotions yeah because we can be reminded and then not get hung up on it but the way she puts this you remind me of a love who outgrew me she don't like it oh yeah <laughs> she doesn't like that i mean i don't like that when mm-hmm. i hear it right i don't like thinking this new relationship is going to turn out the same way i do have to say this the way she puts that a love who outgrew me that smacks to a the one sexual ethic i've read about which says that when love comes it's right and when it goes away that's also right we don't really have any control over when it's helpful or when it's right to be in a relationship you know when the feelings go away it's okay to end it um contrast that with love is a commitment despite feelings so you couldn't say love outgrew us you Mm. would never say that in this other school of thought love if you if love is a choice and it's a commitment despite feelings um, then love will never outgrow it's it's something that bonds us greater than any experience yeah so for that's i like that it's mm -hmm. sort of a third a different perspective a way of looking at it Mm, yeah because I mean, our our American cultural uh, ethic on on sex and romance is, uh, um, it, it can come and go, and, and when you break up with somebody for somebody else, that's okay. You know, you can't say that that's wrong because all oh, the feelings were gone. So this next person I have feelings with, and that justifies that relationship. Uh, but when we commit to each other, even when someone comes in and it's exciting or potentially exciting, we say no to that other opportunity because we've yeah. made a commitment. Yeah. I like that. I mean, there's it's definitely pointing out. Some, I think it's a long, larger conversation, obviously, but like this idea that um, that love in a relationship isn't dictated by feelings. That's not that's not a popular mentality right now. Like we like to believe that there is this some some sort of like love, and it's this really felt experience deep down, and it's just that, right? But, but I like this this sort of commitment to the love. Uh, on a like capital L level level sense. That's it. Yeah, I like that. A larger love that we know that is like this is good. This is a good way to live. Yeah.
Uh, love that groove, man. That sound. So fat and juicy. Love those beats. Okay. So, yeah, I was asking, where are they at in this relationship here? Where's she describing? It sounds like... <laughs> it sounds it's complicated. Well, yeah. Or did, they, did they hook up again after they broke up? What's going on here? I mean, it sounds like... <laughs> okay. A lot of it is of us have been in this kind of relationship where it's complicated, right? Oh, here near we go. The, nearing the end, it gets kind of complicated because both people have one foot in the door and out the door. That's what it kind of well, sounds like. Well, you got like. two people with one feet. That equals two feet total. And that's enough to stand There's on. There's two feet in, two feet out, but two separate feet. <laughs> yeah. From okay. two separate people. Yeah. So as far as her being in orbit, um, where'd you go on your rocket ship? So this guy's taking off. Um, I think it's... I'll a... wait for you. Hey, I'll wait. Hey, There's a lot of... I'm going to wait. I'll wait. She wants to wait too by the hotel. That's right. Anyway, um, head over heels. It's uh I think this is about the old relationship. Like he he's letting he's letting her go or he let her go at this point in the relationship uh because she was kind of already quote taking off on a rocket ship, right? So he that's her that's my interpretation of she has her foot already out the door one of them. And it's that feeling when you're I had a I had a client once who talked about this like as a Wait, a client as in you are a... Oh, I work as a therapist. Right. Don't tell anyone, don't tell my clients this, but anyway. (laughs) You do really good work, and one of your clients you say... Yeah, so I like to take wisdoms from some of the the things they say. One of them said, talked about... Well, I I don't remember the details because I see so many people, but one of the, the things this person was talking about, how in his relationship, he kind of has this escape hatch, whether we like to admit it or not, we sort of have this escape hatch in our current relationship thinking, well, if things go bad, I have my options quote out there. And like, you know, pointing your thumb behind your back and like, kind of like, you're talking at a person, you're facing each other, and the image is you're also holding your thumb back at the door behind you. And you're saying we all have this? I don't know if we all have this, but I think we can all we relate could. relate in some way, perhaps. We have maybe had this in some point, part, point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Or attempted to have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if we're not honest with our, if we're honest with ourselves, we can admit that we've had that thought at least pass our minds. Mm. Yeah. Because let's, let's be honest. We're not all like we're broken people. Like there's, there's, yeah, we don't have it all figured out. So do you think that affects the intensity of, uh, or the strength of trust and a bond in a relationship? If somebody, it's like, um, a prenup, basically, right? Does that it's, does having a prenup yeah. weaken the bond in a relationship? Or it you certainly think- depends on the relationship. I think some couples have more of a utilitarian approach to their relationship. Like, I get what I need, and I know you're getting what you need out of this. And we, and we both know it's for a time, right? I don't think all relationships are like that, but I think people are either lying to themselves overtly or just not being honest when they say that like I've, they've never considered that even I'm not saying that it's like to the fullest degree but you know so I, I think that yeah this is her way of coping with the loss of an old relationship by leaning into her feelings about the current one right some of that involves emotional baggage the doubts that she's experiencing right now with this new person and choosing to lean into something else other than the fear of other than the fear of her, uh, being hurt again by this new relationship. So I think this song ultimately like is a it's leaning in it's the author I think is leaning into the process of letting go so that she can move on into something wonderful and new. So leaning into the potential of this new relationship. There's still love available to me. I think it's important that we don't listen to fear, but we listen to You remind me of a love that I once knew Kinda sad but you remind me You remind me of a love who I grew me to He released me into orbit Still I found a way to gravitate to you He released me into orbit 
So quick catch up on what we've talked about. We have three, I was going to frame this episode in this way. We have three relationship philosophers that we're evaluating. Temper Trap, now. And the third one here is an artist, by he goes by the name The Human Experience. Uh, he produces this track called Ain't Given Up on Love. So we have three people approaching the same topic uh, from different angles. And so far we've talked about a breakup and how to process the breakup. So the third philosopher, if you will, <laughs> has this song to offer us. The track again is called Ain't Given Up on Love. Yeah, quick note on the human experience. I saw him live at a festival and he has so much heart and soul he puts into his music. Just a really bright spirit of a man putting together some wonderful sounds to help us feel. And that song there, I came across that a few years back. Uh, it's got that, I mean, just a straight ahead hook on it. Ain't give, the, the lyrics are so powerful. Ain't giving up on love, love, don't give up on me. Where's a person at when they are in a position to say that. You know, what I think about is the experiences I've had with love, quote, romantic love, where I've bought all into it, 100%. I'm committed, you know, marriage for life, trust, openness, everything. 
And through the course of decisions and lifestyles and whatever else comes up, the love dies or it's not maintained. And it's this song, putting it that way, it's an encouragement to not give up on my own ability to love again as much as it is don't give up on the opportunity to receive love again. So I'm buying into love. I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to trust and to earn trust. But with that willingness, there's always the risk to be hurt again. And I think of people who have been through a number of relationships that have been painful. I mean, I've experienced catastrophe. Others of our listeners have experienced severe catastrophe with with love. And it could be family love, could be romantic love, could be friendship love, parental love, the four loves, right? Speaking of Greek. Um, But embedded in love is risk of pain. But we have to, uh, if we're really going to experience the fullness of love, we need to open ourselves up to the potential for that love to be misused or not appreciated in its fullness. Not saying that that happens, and it really shouldn't happen if we're living well, but um, it's, uh, it requires us to consistently come back to love, you know, to make that choice again and again. Uh, and when I found this song, I was in a dark place. I had just come out of a over year long relationship, romantic relationship, and it was painful. It was really painful, and I did give up on love. I thought, you know, what's the point? Really, what's the point of making those sacrifices and putting myself out there and allocating heart and mind space to somebody when it just ends? So then this song came along, and what it allowed me to think about was. Even when a relationship ends, I have still gained something valuable and eternal from that experience. You know, the end doesn't uh, negate the means. So just because a relationship ended, any, everything that happened up to that point is still really matters and I can still learn from it. I can grow from it. Whereas, uh, you know, the other way to look at that is to say, well, the relationship ended. It was just a complete waste of time. And in our worst, most painful moments, we do say that and we think that, or we can. But, um, but that's just pain speaking, you know, and, uh, and that, uh, this song really is just encouragement to not give up, but to take that time to reflect, like we're talking about with these other two songs, to do that introspection, to think, and to feel the pain, to feel, to feel the elation and the, the thankfulness for what went well. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got that line, um, filling up the pages of a book I'll never read. Mm. I'm filling up the pages of a book I'll never read. See, that might be, that might fall into the, the relationship was a waste camp. Mm. Or it could be, you know, it does seem pessimistic, but the investment in growth through pain is an investment into myself and in my next partner's future. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, my mind went there as well. It's um, sometimes the works you put out right now, the books, for example, maybe they weren't written for you. Maybe they're written for a future generation, right? Some authors become way more popular posthumously because they were ahead of their time. Which sounds a little bit like ego. Our love was ahead of time. right yeah or it was just used for the benefit of others and not me yeah yeah right but perhaps um i think we can be short-sighted with pain it's it's awfully short-sighted to say well that was all for naught and nothing at all came of that right Mm -hmm. um steven it's no secret you and i come from like christian backgrounds and um we believe in this sort of redemptive quality to uh, existence, to life, to, um, I mean, our, our higher power is that, right? And we believe that there is this sense of uh, perhaps God taking what we, the the pain, the brokenness that we have and making something of that, right? 
that's the sort of the Jesus story of uh, taking so much brokenness and pain uh, to the point of death, right? And that that death is like a short-sighted thing. You think like, well, if I was going to do that, like that'd be completely terrifying and all for naught, right? It's a, it's a waste of my life, right? I could be sort of conquering and um, overcoming my pains and yada yada. Um, I don't know that that's always the case, that maybe that surrendering your pain to God, your higher power, uh, perhaps spiritually, however you want to call it, I think that that does more than we realize. Um, but that's just that's just my perspective. I think that mm-hmm. that's something maybe to look at. Yeah, there's a strength in the humility that says, this is more than I can bear on my own. Right. Yeah. And who who am I to say that like I know what this is what this all meant? I know exactly what this all meant, and this is the this is the period at the end of the sentence, and not like a comma. Yeah, that's the uh, the why question. Why am I suffering? Why did this happen? Yeah. Um, and I I have been sidetracked by that question way too much. When the the more important question is what what is the nature of this? What am I feeling? You know, or mm-hmm. how, how do I go through this? How yeah. can I grow from this? And not so much the why, but what can come of this. Right. It sort of harkens to the previous song, which is, there is potential in it. Right? She was saying, I've learned to let go of this pain, or um, at least maybe lean into it and say, what is this new relationship? What's the potential here? Because I don't know, like you, you don't know what's what's ahead of you with this new thing. It's it's unknown, and I think when we like again when we face the unknown, we're afraid. It's like the Age of Empires. Have you guys have you played that? Mm-mm. No, it's just like uh, it's a game, a video game on PC, and you start off as uh, you're trying to build a civilization. And what do you think that looks like? Well, what it looks like is there's these like nomad sort of hunter-gatherer types on a black, on a map of like, you could see only 30 feet in front of you, around you. And there's complete blackness out there on the map. Because it's a strategy game, right? And what you do is you send your little guys or your little people into black territory where there's, it's never been charted. It's uncharted. You have no idea what's over there. Are there animals? Is there a forest? Is there an ocean nearby? Is there another settlement? Right? But there's this sort of like, fear i think when we're found in when we find ourselves in that situation like maybe i shouldn't step out maybe i shouldn't take on the the new potential in this world we all know that that phrase better to have loved and lost than never have loved at all um i wrote in a poem once bitter to have loved and lost than Mm. never loved at all because sometimes you know the intensity of love also has its converse and usually it's directly inverse really to um the amount of joy we feel, it's the amount of pain that we can feel from that as well. Hmm. Yeah, it's a pendulum swinging. Okay, so let's then uh, c- um, complete our theory of grieving, if we're going to call it that, from these three songs. And we'll mm-hmm. have a quick reminder of the songs themselves. Teaches us to. Not teaches us to, but it teaches us to ask the question: What grief has to teach us? What does grief have to teach me? And it also talks about the hazards of avoiding grief. Those hazards might be repeating the grief or prolonging it. Oh, guaranteed. 
their character traits perhaps that re really uh, become patterns which become relationship dynamics and they can be unhealthy and mm -hmm. that causes the end of relationship or the suffering of it yeah. and grief is a signal of that disconnect and um, healthy grief says I own this part of it I'm not a bad person but I am responsible for this mm -hmm. and I am sorry and I want to grow and change out of that personal development a new realm of healthier relationships the answer to all of that is yes <laughs> a new realm a new realm uh-huh i think that when we prolong our grief we do ourselves a disservice okay and we do our new relationships a disservice sometimes grief needs to be a long time mm -hmm. but you know somewhere at your core that you're living in an untrue way to yourself in an untrue way to your grief yeah and it's easy to ignore that uh right. that that voice yeah so learn to love again yeah and uh it's potential for personal growth it's also good to not take any baggage into the next relationship <laughs> It helps. Like, oh, I like you because you remind me of somebody I used to love. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in an Alfred Hitchcock movie once. This guy oh, used that yeah. line to get a new girl. He said, oh, you remind me of this woman I, I loved a long time ago. Anyway, start with a fresh start and lessons learned. And then with that fresh start, we can become motivated to not give up on love because love really is worth pursuing. At the end of the day... counselor told me this not you because uh we were friends and I'm we could never counselor. be no <laughs> but another counselor he told me that we go from shallow to deep relationships that's our natural uh trajectory in relationships we go from shallow to deep you know and when we're hurt we just want to stay shallow it's hard to to risk pain again kind of like swimming Mm-hmm. you know you start the shallow end you play it safe but then you take more risks right Mm -hmm. And you enjoy the swim more. Right. Because we were able to take on more risk. Because of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think that a, relation, a good relationship has to involve that. It has to involve a measure of risk and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And this is something I do talk about with my clients. That we, uh, we do ourselves a disservice in a relationship 
a meaningful relationship a disservice when that's not present. Mm -hmm. When we don't allow ourselves to be open, we don't allow ourselves to have the strength to be open. Yeah, I to put ourselves in harm's way, sort of, so to speak. One of my sayings is, "Don't take on something you aren't able to survive or recover from." Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to do that in a toxic way, sort of in a masochistic way. Yeah. Sort of intentionally hurting yourself. You want to play. Good. You want to play it safe, in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't uh, get on the back of the motorcycle with the with the bad boy who you know has a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh. You know what that is? is that That's the ending? end credits song. That's our ending cue. I am the changer by Cotton Jones. You I know what that am means? I'm in a sitcom right now. Yeah. That means we gotta say thank you for listening to our episode number three. Uh, what do we call it? The proper way to grieve. Valentine's Day issue. I would say uh. grief, fear, and love. I like it. You can find links to all these songs on the profile page from SoundCloud. We thank you for listening to us on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, and even Apple iTunes. Welcome your feedback. We'd love to hear if you agree or disagree with our claims. Love Especially if you disagree. Yeah. Um, please uh, reach out to us. Leave some comments. And we're going to have another episode very soon for you. In the meantime... Keep thinking deeply about and through music. Appreciate it for what it is. This is Steven Sysom. And Boss Totorico. Thanking you for listening to Music Well. Thank you. Next. <laughs>